0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. Maybe you're a first timer. This is Syracuse Sports. My name is Brent Axe, and we are thrilled to have you here today. We have got a lot to talk about with the man, the myth, the legend, Bruce Feldman from The Athletic, the best college football insider out there. You want to know who the next head football coach at Syracuse is going to be. I want to know who the next head football coach at Syracuse is going to be. I have a pretty good idea who the front runner is, but I wanted to take a step back and let Bruce guide us here. So when coaches get fired, the lists come out, right? Here are the candidates for this job. And my question is, well, are they a candidate for this job, the Syracuse job, or are they just a candidate for a job? Coordinators and people out there that are ready to be head coaches either again or for the first time. So I tried to filter through some of those names with bruce feldman he put out an interesting list of candidates for the syracuse job and we go over all the names coming up here shortly so i'm looking forward to you hearing that conversation and getting some insight on who could fit at syracuse as their next head football coach i do want to tell you about this though guys we have been having an absolute blast with our syracuse sports insiders you text me i text you We have a growing community of insiders. It's been awesome. And here's what you do to become a Syracuse Sports Insider. Text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. And what you get with that is, well, a little bit of everything, right? So we've had a lot of games come up, football and basketball games, since we launched Syracuse Sports Insider just over a week ago. And people are texting me during games, and I'm texting them back. We've had a lot of news certainly break. Our insiders are getting my opinions first, my insights first. Our insiders get priority on this podcast and our Syracuse football and basketball postgame shows that we've been doing. Your voice not only gets heard first, but guys, your voice helps shape this show. The people we talk to, the opinions we have, what you want to hear about Syracuse sports Bruce Feldman on today, our Syracuse Sports Insiders got a text a few hours before I recorded the podcast saying, hey, having Bruce on today, what do you guys want to know, right? Before I went to John Wildhack's press conference on Monday, the Insiders got a text, tell me what's on your mind, what questions do you have, what do you want me and my colleagues at Syracuse.com to ask John Wildhack, and you help shape those questions. It's been great. We're kind of learning on the fly as we go here. What you like, what you don't like. I've really enjoyed it. I really have. And I want you to become a Syracuse Sports Insider. So, again, text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. It's a two-week free trial, and then just three ninety nine dollars a month after that. What do you say we hear from Bruce Feldman? Speaking of insiders, this guy is as tapped in as it comes in the world of college football. Let's see. If we can figure out who the new head football coach at Syracuse is going to be from The Athletic, our guy, Bruce Feldman. So, Bruce, since this job officially came on the market on Sunday, what have you been hearing? What's the interest been? Uh, John Wildack, Syracuse Athletic Director, said at his press conference on Monday that he never got more phone calls than he did on Sunday. So there is some interest in the Syracuse job, it would appear.
1: Yeah, look, I mean it's a it's a power 5 job with really good history. I think it's an it's an interesting job and you know this well from your time there, but I remember in the off season, I did a story on what made Syracuse great and what it made it a, a a powerhouse in the in the east. And this is back in the Coach Mack days and then certainly uh, under Paul Pasqualoni and it has been very different. You know, Dino Babers obviously had some success and had some really good moments, but I think there was a lot of people who felt like there was a disconnect from at least what what made uh, Syracuse relevant back in the day. Now, can you be that again? That's a big question. Because some of the guys that I heard from who are like, oh, this is who they should hire, are guys I don't think are any are really on anybody else's radar. And I'm not even sure they're guys, they're NFL guys right now who, who worked under Pascal Oni or had that, have the roots there and know what it takes to win. But they're also guys who have really good NFL jobs right now and the timing isn't good. And then so you start getting into some other guys who are good, good group of five coaches or have some tie in the area. But they're usually they're in this case, they're guys that I'm not sure anybody else is looking at for you know the, some of these, whether it's certainly not Texas A&M or even Michigan State or some of the other coaching jobs. So it's an interesting hiring process that they're going to have there, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's certainly one of the more challenging Power Five jobs out there, one way or the other. And it's funny, what's old is new again, in a sense, Bruce, and that you just brought up Paul Pasqualoni and Coach Mack and, and the ways that they had success, right? And I know that the Northeast is not the most fertile recruiting ground if you're going to go through all the areas of the country, but you do have to have that pipeline, that six-hour window that we hear so much about. So you've got uh, the Northeast factor which wild hack brought up yesterday he also said he'd prefer either somebody that has had coaching experience or has been a power five coordinator so how does that kind of filter down the list at this point as well and some of the names or people are just frothing at the mouth you know give me some names give me some names we're going to get to those in a second here for sure but what are some of the new challenges for Syracuse in 2023 mixed in with some of the things that, that have always been a challenge to get a quality candidate to, to coach Syracuse football?
1: Well, I think one of the challenges, I don't know how new it is, but it's definitely, it feels like it's more recent. And this just doesn't go to Syracuse, it goes for a lot of ACC programs, is there's some instability with the conference.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, and I
1: think for Syracuse fans who, you know, who are of a certain age, they'll be like, okay, well, I remember the Big East. I remember what it used to be like even before that and now all of a sudden you're in this conference it's been a really good basketball league but it's also one that's not the it's not the Big 10 it's not the SEC and in this this shift you you know there's been some instability quite frankly in the league and i think how that you know that's just one other thing that's probably a negative that could go with this job now i think some of the people who are legit candidates who would want this job i don't think those are those are things that would bother this group of guys. I don't think. Um, Cause I think there, are, I, I think what, what Syracuse needs, again, this is my own opinion, but I think what Syracuse needs is somebody who really values the uniqueness of the Syracuse job. And if you don't look at it through the prism of what it was in the late eighties and nineties, I think you're going to get somebody who not saying they can't win there, but I don't think they're going to be there for that long if they do. They're going to see it as a stepping stone job and maybe that's what a lot of guys will view it as. But I think you need somebody that to me, they need to find their Greg Shiano, you know, of you know, the guy who is from there or has the connections to it, believes in it a different way, is smart, will 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 leverage the things he has as opposed to get suffocated by the things it doesn't. And that's not easy to find, right? You better find somebody who's really strong. You, you you may not win the press conference necessarily on the national stage, and that's fine, you know, because there's guys who won a bunch of football games and produced a ton of fo- big-time football players who probably weren't, like, res- you know, respected by the, you know, by the ESPN world or the Fox right. Sports world. Yeah. But they were, they were guys who were just really good football coaches who knew what it take to build relationships with high school coaches. And I don't think, let's say you you don't, you don't need to be in the portal, but I think it's a developmental program. It has to be. That's what, that's when it was really good. And I think if you, if you get away from that or find somebody who doesn't buy that, I think they're going to be having to have a coaching search, you know, a few years from
0: now again. Yeah. You brought up Shiano. I was thinking about who's the Jeff Brom out there. Who is like the ready-made candidate that's got skin in the game that has Wants this job, not a job. And I think that's the question you bring up anytime something like this comes up. Do you just want to be a head coach? Which a lot of those phone calls, I'm sure, John Wildhack got was about. Or do you want this job? Do you want to be the Syracuse coach? And I don't think that guy's out there for Syracuse, Bruce. So I want to start going through the names here. And one guy that has really emerged as an intriguing candidate. And Syracuse fans, I have to say, are really starting to buy in on this guy. And that's Bob Chesney at Holy Cross. And it's interesting that at Wild hex press conference yesterday, Bruce, he brought up first, as he's starting to go through the qualifications, right? He said, and, and this is what he said about it, quote, we need somebody, it's critically, critically important that they have an emphasis on special teams. Okay, that's Bob Chesney. We see the resume, what he's done at Holy Cross, five Patriot League titles. He's been the coach of the year there a few times. Young guy, energetic up-and-comer, head coaching experience, checks that box. I think at first people were like, what, holy cross? But the more you look into him, the more intriguing he is. Tell me about how legit you think he'd be here.
1: I do. I mean, Pennsylvania native, mid-40s, worked at a high academic place. I've had a guy on my freaks list from his program the last couple years, Jacob Dobbs. Jacob Dobbs would be a star at Syracuse. He was there. I mean, I feel like he would have been there, Dan Conley, or, you know, you could – can fill in the blank of all the great circuit.
0: Dan will players. appreciate that reference, Bruce. I yeah, love
1: but I mean, and if you know, if you watch Jacob, and if you know Jacob, you, you know that's a compliment. I think that there are those guys who look at him and say, you know what, this guy's this guy has been kind of buzzing underneath the radar, probably for a Northeast job. You're saying, okay, if um, Jamora Junior. didn't end up at UConn, would he have taken that job? Right, you know, because he's in, he's in New England now in Worcester, and I think he's a guy that – here's what also helps. You know, this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. Lance Leipold, guy who's was a Division three coach who has risen up the ranks and is now one of the hottest names in coaching at 59 years old. Done an amazing job at Kansas now. Did really well at Buffalo. You see a lot of guys who have this smaller school roots. Kalen DeBoer was an NAIA coach, won national titles. Now he has Washington undefeated. You know he's bounced around and moved up. You see guys who have it. It's there's a handful of these guys now. Chris Kleiman was at North Dakota State, done a really good job. Last year he won the Big 12 for Kansas State. There I think what what it is, and again, I don't you know know if Wild Hack sees it entirely this way, but guys who've done it know what it takes. Now yeah, there's there's gonna be a lot of different things that go on as coach to in the Patriot League to the acc if it comes this way but i think they have worn a lot of hats they know what it takes to be in leadership i think they also know how to delegate and they know what's a problem and they know what's a challenge and and what's the difference between some of those things um that's why i i could see him that's why kirk signetti at james madison is another guy you know also a, a pennsylvania guy who's from pittsburgh He's older, but he has been extremely successful in a really tough league, quite honestly, one of the toughest group of five leagues. So I think those guys would make a lot of sense for Syracuse because they have real head coaching experience. They've done it for a while now, and they're proven winners.
0: In the Holy Cross thing, a bunch of their players are in the portal, including some really good players. Their quarterback, you know, the guy you mentioned that's on your freaks list, they probably have a sense that, look, if Bob Chesney's coach in Syracuse – or where he's he's not coaching Holy Cross next year. It appears like this guy is going to be coaching somewhere else, one way or the other. So, Bruce Jason Candle is a, another guy I'm intrigued by. A Toledo, 44, 10 and one this year has had a lot of success there. Offensive minded coach. I'd be intrigued though because. Wild Heck didn't hire Dino Babers, but he did come from the same league. So I wonder if they would do that back-to-back, cradle at coaches. It's a league that puts out a lot of great coaches, so I don't think he should hesitate because of that. But it feels like Jason is, is on the verge of getting a Power 5 job, if not the Syracuse job.
1: Yeah, I think he's a guy who could, who could make sense at even a Michigan State or some other jobs that are going to come open. He's been one of those guys who kind of feels like he's been on the on-deck circle for a little while. This is a really good year. He's a good offensive coach. Um, I don't know if he's unique to Syracuse in that regard, um, you know, as some of these other guys might be or could be. Um, but he is a really good coach, and I think they probably need to look at him because if he's a guy who has a chance to lead the next program into a top 25, why would you not? Um he's had, he's been a consistent winner there now he's at one of the better mac jobs but again he's a guy who's just 44 years old and has coached for a long time i think he's he's got something to him wouldn't surprise me if he was a, you know going to be a coach either in the acc or the big 10 next it's a matter of you know who decides to to pull the trigger on him but he's a guy i definitely think they need to consider
0: there's a couple guys that have dino baber's connections Tony White being one at Nebraska, he had a lot of success here as defensive coordinator, was well-liked here as defensive coordinator. And Sean Lewis, who was the co-offensive coordinator at one point, goes to Colorado, been a couple other places, head coach at Toledo as well. I don't think there would be any hesitancy because there's a connection to Babers as much as, you know, Babers. Look, at the end of the day, right to the end, Bruce, Babers was well-liked here. It's just it's a business, and you know, you don't win enough games, you go. So I don't think people would say, oh, you can't hire one of his guys. Those are two coaches he's put out there that have had success. I just, it's interesting with Tony White specifically. I'm sure he saw Matt Rule's comments yesterday about what kind of job Tony should take if he becomes a head coach and the resources that are available to it. Bruce, I don't know if he was talking about Syracuse, but a lot of the things he said, frankly, rung true about Syracuse and things that Tony would have to consider if he did really put himself up for serious consideration here
1: yeah and matt rule knows this job pretty well i mean he is a true northeast guy um and so again i'm not saying he was exactly talking about it but it felt like reading between the lines that was part of it tony white's another guy who should be in the mix for the san diego state head coaching job because he spent a bunch of time over there now he he did spend time growing up in new york he went to school at ucla though i think he's somebody who has been really good wherever he's been I don't know if the next head the next job for him you know if you're if you're lincoln riley do you try to hire him to be your defense corner i i don't know if to me that would certainly be a a a better job well i shouldn't say that necessarily like that but it would be a more high profile job than Mm -hmm. when he had nebraska um there's you know there may be a different job for him than than to be the defense coordinator in Nebraska. I, again, I think it's a little tricky because some of the jobs that are coming open this cycle, you have one at Mississippi State, which is a lower level power five job. And the guy who just got fired was a first-time head coach who had been a defensive coordinator, who, by the way, has you know is also from the Rocky Long Tree. So I don't see that you know that being a Tony White fit at San Diego State, as much as he, you know, did well out there and has roots out there. They, they're they moving on from Brady Hoke, and I think they really want an offensive guy. It's not to say Tony White can't hire a really good offensive coordinator, but I think sometimes you think of an a offensive coordinator being the head coach in that regard to be able to lure somebody there. As far as him at Syracuse, again, I think it's a place where I, I think they should see what his plan and vision would be. You know, because he worked for Dino Babers, I think there's a lot of good he probably can take from Dino. But there's also some other things that maybe to run the program and recruit a certain way that probably may be a better fit for what Syracuse's identity has really been, that you have to kind of connect with that better. I don't know if if Tony sees it that way or not, but he's definitely a guy that should be getting head coaching interviews. And I think if you're him, you really need to consider this job. A
0: couple of guys that – I've heard before one has literally been here before right and they're all uh with connections or currently in the national football league i get why doug marone's on the list there's certainly a faction of syracuse fans that would welcome him back tomorrow i don't know if that's necessarily the solution but if you want to talk about a guy who's an alum the greg Schiano factor has skin in the game knows how to recruit here and bruce when doug was here he was asking for a lot of things that Syracuse now has. They're building a new facility that opens in 2025. The J-Mate Dome has a, a number of renovations going into it. Right now you have NIL and a number of things that are at his disposal that he would not have had when he was here at Syracuse. I just don't see Wild Hat going down that road, but certainly get why he's on the list.
1: Yeah, he had a couple of eight-win seasons, and then he moved on, obviously, to get an nfl head coaching job. I think he's somebody that again, I'm not sure he would jump at it at this stage of his career because he's fifty-nine. Um, but that doesn't because quite honestly, you know, yeah, he was at Alabama recently, but for some of these guys, they haven't been in college for a while. College football has changed a lot in exactly in, yeah. in what it's about right now between NIL, between the transfer portal. The calendar is way different. It's a it's a much different ask now. I think. Whenever I go to the coaches' convention or whenever I go to the NFL Combine, which is essentially like a coaches' expo at night, what you end up hearing a lot, especially in the last five years, is how big the gulf is now between the two versions of the sport for coaches. And so some of these guys who have real ties to Syracuse and know what it's like, I'm not sure, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm not sure they would look at it through the same prism they looked at it when they were working there.
0: Jeff Stoutland's a name that really intrigues me, Bruce. I've heard that he would be intrigued. There would be some interest to take this job. He's well beloved in the Syracuse football community, as you noted in your story on the athletic. But if you're Syracuse, I don't think he, the Eagles might go to the Super Bowl again. Like, I don't think you can wait till February for Jeff, and I don't think he's in a position where he would walk away from his position there. To come in so i think he's one of those names maybe you referenced earlier nfl guys that like hey man i'd love to take that job but i'm just not in a position where i could do it now
1: yeah i think the timing is gonna be really hard i mean i just watched them last night i'm gonna football go to whatever nine and one or whatever they are he is like you said he is beloved by his players in the nfl he's arguably the best offensive line in the world the offensive line coach in the world right now um he's a guy that some of the old Syracuse people I've talked to, and these are coaches, not just, you know, these are people who know him, have always thought he should be the guy and he would want to be the guy. But I don't know if he looks at it differently now than he did five years from now, or five years ago, or 10 years ago. So for in that regard, you know, if you're John Wildhack, I don't know if you look at it and said, if he really wanted it, could we work on a time frame? If you think he's the guy, to get around that and say, hey, we're going to wait for him. You know, back in the day, I think, think, um, you know, Notre Dame waited on Charlie Weiss, and it worked out in the beginning, and then Charlie Weiss bombed at Notre Dame. But in the beginning, he, he did have success. I don't know if, if, you, if you are that convinced, because, again, this is a guy who's never been a head coach. You know, everybody thinks he'd be great at it, and maybe he would. Um, but it is definitely a roll of the dice, and it would be a big power move if you're the AD to, to say, hey, the people I trust think he should be the guy and he can do, he can do great things here. I'm going to take a chance. And not only am I going to take a chance, I'm going to do something unconventional with a timetable right now that maybe in the short term is going to be really hard for our program. I don't know if if any of that's going to sort itself out.
0: That's the big thing. It's the short-term versus the long-term. What I love about a guy like Stoutland is I think Syracuse has got to find somebody, if not the head coach, somebody on that staff that knows the offensive line can recruit the offensive line, not only recruiting in the traditional sense, but out of the portal. It's there's just not that many of them out there that you can just pluck and play out of the portal. Syracuse has had a a lot of issues on the offensive line in recent years. That's what I, I like about him. What I don't like is you got to hit the ground running. The portal opens December 4th, the early recruiting period, which is now essentially the recruiting period, right? December 20th. Could a, you know, Nunzio Campanelli has done this before. He's been an interim coach at Rutgers. Could he hold that all together and get that patch together, waiting for a guy like Stoutland, which could be till the middle of February at this rate, if the Eagles continue their success. I don't, I don't know if that's viable. It just feels like the timing's off on that one. Couple more names for you, Bruce. A uh, couple of younger guys on the list. Liam Cohen at Kentucky. So their offensive coordinator, thirty-eight years old, seems a real up-and-comer out there in the world. And I, I feel like. Those offensive-minded coaches, that's what Dino Babers tried, and it, it just didn't work out to the success long-term that he wanted there. I mean, look what they're doing now. they they're, You got Dan Valari, a former quarterback turned tight end, who wins the running back of the week in the ACC because they just had to patch together something to get by here with the injuries they've had at quarterback. So it's intriguing to hear it like a, a explosive, creative offensive mind coming in. Do you think he's ready to step into a head coaching job if if this one?
1: i think he is you know i've known liam for a long time he did really well in his first year at kentucky you know he got will levis will levis transferred post spring so it wasn't like he had a spring work to work with him and they were good and then he left mark stoops tried to hire him with another similar profile guy a guy had worked in the nfl and the guy did very different stuff it was very predictable and they bombed and then they went brought liam cohen back He hasn't had quite as much success as he did two years ago, but they went from being last in the sec last year to the middle of the pack, which is certainly an improvement. Um, He's a new England guy. He knows that area. Well, I think one thing that would work for him and for Syracuse is he would be able to, to jump in and get a good quarterback. I think, because people know his reputation in the game and offensively. So, what i think makes sense is you have a dynamic offensive mind who also is from that part of the country he's a he's a northeast guy i think he knows that area i think he knows enough coaches there that he could build off that Uh, he's somebody who i do think should be in the mix for the job is he ready to hit the ground running and have all the answers as a head coach because he's never been a head coach um I can't say that for certain. I think that's that's got to come through in the interview process, and there's going to be stuff he doesn't know even if he gets the job. But I think he's he's the kind of guy they need to be at least considering.
0: And fits that Power 5 coordinator a qualification that Wild Hack put out there. Now, of all the names we've brought up, there's uh, nobody current in the ACC. This fits that description. That's Adam Fuller, the defensive coordinator at Florida State. Could step right in, not only knowing the Northeast. you got to know this league. you gotta, you got to know how to recruit up and down the Atlantic coast. He's seen the success there and and the rebuild that's been done by Mike Norvell. Alex Atkins came up as another name. And I I like that name because he's done wonders with that offensive line. But wild hacks seem to indicate that that's a big leap to take a position coach and put him in the head coach position. Though Atkins has called plays at Charlotte before. Uh, But what about Fuller? Is this somebody that if it's Syracuse or not, Bruce, he'll be a head coach somewhere next year.
1: I don't know if it's it's for next year, if it's not Syracuse. I mean, he he played at Sacred Heart, spent a lot of time in the Northeast, worked his way up the ranks, done a really good job as a defensive coordinator. I could see him being a candidate for this job. I would be curious to hear this is who this is what I want to run on offense, this is who I'm gonna hire, all the particulars of that he would have to lay out in that process. But this is exactly the kind of guy that I think along with liam cohen where you're looking at and saying okay if you're going to hire a coordinator this guy has spent a bunch of time now in the acc he does know what it takes to win in that conference and he's, he's doing it i mean he's basically been there on the ground floor when they've gone from being in clemson's shadow to being the king of the league that's 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 real experience and so you know between the northeast ties again i think so much is going to be, a, who else are you bringing with you? And especially for their first time head coaches, whether it's him or Liam Cohen or Tony White, they have to have a really detailed plan. I think sometimes, and I'm not saying it's any of these guys, but sometimes guys who are coordinators go into the, you know, into the interview process for a head coaching job and almost feel like, all right, well, do you see my broils, broils list uh, bio kind of thing? And it's gotta be a much bigger plan than that. And I think, again, this is somebody who should be on, should be in consideration where it goes from there. I think it, it also matters on how they measure up uh, compared to a Bob Chesney or a Kurt Signetti or, or Jason Candle at that point.
0: Bruce, it's going to be fascinating. The Syracuse job is is open again. It's been eight years. This time we had a two-term president uh, in place, usually Syracuse coaches since Pascaloni. It's like a three- or four-year term. But this time around, uh, we'll see where they go and and who they go after, and it's going to be quite a process to follow here. We always appreciate your insight. Uh, Folks, read his work at The Athletic. Uh, Check him out on Twitter, of course, as well, for all the latest in the world of college football. Bruce is the best insider out there, and I'm sure he's going to have some great stuff coming more on the Syracuse job as this evolves here. But we thank you for coming on Syracuse Sports with us today, my friend.
1: My pleasure. Always good talking to you.
0: Thanks again to Bruce Feldman from The Athletic for joining us here. Going to be fascinating to see how this goes, to see who the new head football coach will be to succeed Dino Babers and be the 33rd head football coach in Syracuse football history. Big thanks to our Syracuse Sports Insiders. Man, it's been great to hear from you guys throughout this whole thing during games, whatever the case may be, just text the word ORANGE to 315-847-3895. You get direct access to me. Now, I want to emphasize, guys, this is not a group chat. I text you, you text me. We do send out a group chat to all of our Syracuse Sports Insiders. But if you just want to text me questions, comments, opinions, things you want heard on the post-game show, things you want heard on the podcast, just have questions for me, that number is a direct line for you to get to me 315-847-3895 text the word orange to that number and you will get a two week free trial it's just 399 a month after that we've been really enjoying hearing from you guys we got a building Syracuse sports insider community so hey why don't you come along for the ride for that you get priority on our post game shows and this show and your thoughts opinions as I mentioned earlier walk out of press conferences, I'm sending you stuff. As the basketball season goes along, you're going to hear things from Syracuse basketball players exclusively as a Syracuse sports insider, as a member. And on this podcast, just by conversations we have in the locker room and unique insights and behind the scenes notes that you will get by being a Syracuse sports insider. Just a reminder that, uh, yeah, through all this Syracuse football coaching craziness, they still play a game Saturday. Nunzio Campanelli is going to be the coach at least for one game for the Orange. And they still might clinch bowl eligibility if they can beat Wake Forest on Saturday. Emily Liker and I will have a live post-game show. After that game, it's a two o'clock kickoff at the JMA Dome, the regular season finale for the Orange. And we'll see if it's the season finale as well we know it's a finale on the Dino Babers era and we will be all over it guys check it out on Syracuse.com our insiders will get insight and things we're working on your feedback your opinions what you want answered become an insider at 315-847-3895 just text the word orange and get the offer for your two-week free trial thanks for listening and watching Syracuse Sports really appreciate it guys we'll talk to you next time